Welcome back to the Learn With Less podcast, a family enrichment program for parents and caregivers, educators, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. In this podcast series, we get together for some music, play, and conversation about early development and early parenthood. The mission of Learn With Less is to provide confidence to new families and educators that you can support and connect with babies and toddlers without having to buy a single toy. If you're an educator or therapist supporting new families and interested in finding new ways to support families in your community by leading caregiver and child classes that every infant and toddler could access, I would love to share a free on-demand training with you. Just pop in your email and I'll send the link directly to your inbox. Head over to learnwithless.com slash training today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to Ayalet, hello to the singers, hello, 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 hello to the babies, hello to the toddlers, hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'm going to help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name, hello to your name, hello, 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 everybody, hello, everybody, hello, hello, hello. Today we've got a very special guest on Learn With Less, Desiree Vire, an early childhood educator, parenting coach and partner, licensed Learn With Less facilitator, and the CEO of Empowered Family Collective. Let's welcome her to the show. Hello to Desiree, hello to Desiree, hello, 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 hello to all our old friends, hello to all our new friends, hello, 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 one last time, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today, hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. Welcome to the Learn With Less podcast. Today, I am joined by my dear friend and colleague, Desiree Vare. Desiree, welcome to the Learn With Less podcast. So happy you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Yay! Desiree, I would love it if you could just tell us a little bit about you, who you are, your background, and what led you to come into the world of Learn With Less. Yes. I was an educator in the classroom for about 16 years. And I'm going to take it way back to junior college where I did not know what I wanted to do with my life. And I felt lost. And I found my way when I stumbled across a flyer from Bright Horizons. And I took my very first child psychology class and I was hooked. And so that literally was the seed to my career in early childhood education. And it should not have come as a surprise to me because I actually come from a long line of educators. My paternal grandfather was a principal in the Philippines. And so I have been in the classroom, as I mentioned, for 16 years. I managed a team, if you will. One of my dream jobs was to become a principal, which I tried on Mm. for two and a half years and realized that it just was not my thing. 
and I'm glad that I tried it. And I fast forward a little bit. I've since transitioned into executive support, and I'm not surprised that my skills have transferred over really nicely to this role. So I do that full time. Mm -hmm. I am a bonus mama to two wonderful children that I met about eight years ago. They are 10 going on 20 and 12 going on 50. My son has a very old soul. (laughs) One morning I heard him say, hey, Google, play Elvis Presley. Like that's, <laughs> that's my kid. I love. Oh, and nice. so I met you and I stumbled upon Learn With Less when my good friend Leslie Mason had posted about her own experience. And I was in a bit of a transition. I knew that I wanted to serve the community in some capacity. And I thought, oh, I'm going to be a career coach. Took an intro class and realized that that specific framework was not the right fit for me because I am an intense introvert. And when I met you and you told me a little bit more about how the information is disseminated. Mm -hmm. Again, I was hooked. And so here we are together (laughs) a year later. Let's hear a little bit about what was it that really intrigued you about the way that the Learn With Less facilitator training and certification program really, what is it that really got you in terms of feeling like it was a better fit? Not only, of course, within the way that you wanted to to serve and impact your community, but also in the way that we do our training, because it sounds like that. As, as I know from speaking with you over the year, I know that that really was useful to you, but I'd love to hear specifically what it was about it then. The thing that really drew me in is the fact that it is play-based. I was in a program where we had a community of parents and caregivers that did not initially see the value of a play-based program. And I tell you, you. I talk to them still. Many of these families, their children are probably now in middle school, which is absolutely insane to think about. (laughs) And they talk about that time, this magical time that they had in this particular program and now seeing why play was so important and is still so important. And Mm -hmm. so that was part of it is just the fact that it was play based. The other part is that it was a mix of philosophies, I yell it. And I came from a program that was heavily inspired by Reggio. And Mm -hmm. so my own value system, my own philosophy around education is actually a mix of those different philosophies and ways of thinking uh, around child development and play. So that was the other part. And the receiving of the information is that I got to choose my own adventure. Mm -hmm. And so I took about a year to go through the actual program. And you and our community did not make me feel guilty about that. We had just talked about time being a very precious and scarce resource, right? And so while working full time, I would go through the program when I felt called to it. And that is so empowering. Mm. And like, I just want to pause there because I got to make very intentional choices as to when I engaged in that learning. And that was really important to me as a working mom. Yeah. And someone that was making a very serious investment in this, I don't like to call it a small business because it's not small, Mm -hmm. in this venture, this new chapter that I was writing for myself. I love that. Yeah. It's so important to me in terms of the way that people go through the program to have that opportunity because we know that not everybody's life circumstances are the same. Everyone is coming from a different educational professional background. People are dealing with 
different COVID restrictions, different life restrictions, different life pathways. And some people zip through it who are in your exact circumstances, right? Who are working full-time parents and some choose because of other circumstances to take their time. And what we try to do is, like you said, try and create that ability for people to self-determine what it is that is important to them and what they need while continuing to provide the support and information sharing and inspiration to those who are ready to to take it in as well and to and to bring you back in and pull you back in when it's time. <laughs> yes. You you make me think about this conversation that I had with a few three of the executives that I support right now. Mm. And I said to them, no joke, I'm retiring with you all. I will be on this team supporting you all for as long as you'll have me. And one of them said, I really worry about the day that you're going to leave and want more. And I told him, I found my sweet spot. Mm. And sometimes people search a lifetime for that sweet spot where you feel like everything is integrated at just the right volume, if you will. Yeah. And so that was the beauty of Learn With Less is that I was able to maintain equilibrium, if you will. I was able to maintain that sweet spot. And I think that was really important to me. It, it still is really important to me. And mm. I just, I want to talk more about that with other yeah. people. Just that if you have found your sweet spot, that's okay. And that is good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I I want to dig into that more, actually, because it's such a perfect parallel to what you're doing for families using the Learn With Less curriculum, right? Because, yeah, I mean, as we were also talking about before we started recording, new families have such limited bandwidth. And so asking them or sharing with them new ideas for more ways that they can play with their child and more things to do and more things to buy and blah, blah, blah is like, no, <laughs> <laughs> That's not what people want. And I want to actually quote you. When you entered the program, I ask people, you know, why are you passionate about being a parent educator using the Learn With Us curriculum? And you wrote that this chapter is rooted in wanting to help caregivers feel and be empowered to look at their environments through a different lens and to help them see value in and find their way to simplicity. So, I mean, well done. Desiree of the past, right? <laughs> I wrote that. Yeah, you did. You did. And that's, I mean, that's it. I think that really cuts to the heart of what we're doing here and why. And I wonder if you could just say a little bit more about that and what you think was going through your head when you wrote that. What it is that you, now that you've been through the training program and you are a licensed Learn With Less facilitator, you're fully certified, you're doing the thing, you're marketing your classes, you've hosted a demo class, and you've done some investment into like local marketing things. So yes. let's talk Talk about what it is you are trying to create for folks who enter your space and what the value is of your classes. Yes. I, as you know, I hosted my first pop-up last weekend and it was actually a school district sponsored event. It was outdoors 
80 degrees in Texas and there was a breeze, so it was good. I learned a lot with it being my first pop-up and we can go back to that, but you encouraged me to really think about what my elevator pitch is and was. And I got to practice it a number of times and it, yes, it changed a number of times too, but it allowed me to get closer to what it, and that was the question I was approached with, oh, Empowered Family Collective, what is it that you do? Yeah. Right. And I often started with, well, I've been an educator for a number of years. I'm also a parent and I, one, want to serve the community. And through that, it is about disseminating this message that your child, your children don't need the hundred dollar toys. And so I'd walk over to the shelving that I had available because I wanted the vibe that I wanted was I wanted one to feel like you were walking into my living room. Yeah. And just and, to clarify, this was a pop-up like marketing event. You were the vendor at a fair at the school district's fair. That yeah. is correct. I wish you could have seen the faces when I was unloading my car. Yes. <laughs> and then I talked a little bit about, and then I pointed to the recycled materials that I had collected and amassed over the last, I don't know, six months and talked about how oftentimes what our children want to interact with and play with and learn most from are the things that we have at home already. And so I had spatulas, yeah. colanders, tons of recycled materials. And then of course, conversation began around, oh my gosh, yes, why don't I save the egg carton, right? And so I, I created, I like to call them invitations. I created invitations as to how you might pair something that you did buy from Amazon, because that's real, yeah. with something that you purchase from the grocery store, like a yogurt tub and how you could pair those things that there is room for a combination of both situations. Yeah. And then I talked a little bit about, you know, many times our families really crave, like, how do I cultivate independent play? And it's through that is, is through these open-ended materials that you offer because the possibilities are endless and the creativity and the imagination is just bananas. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's not going to happen with a press the button toy cause and effect, right? There's room for that. Yes. And when you have these wonderful open-ended meaning materials that can be used in a multitude of different ways, you have endless opportunities, as you said. I love that. Yeah. And you hit on something. Mm. I think we can fall into the trap of but. Yeah. But and I think what we're doing through Learn With Less is the message of using more and. Yeah. I have these, what is the word that we use for things that have single use? Prescriptive sure. materials. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's room for prescriptive materials and open-ended materials, loose parts. Yeah. Right. Because the point is not to be anti-toy. Right. No, that's and not it, the point. It's, it's very interesting because we do live, you and I are both stateside. We both live in the U.S. and we live in a very binary society, right? That's how we're socialized generally. And you have yes, no, good, bad, big, small. <laughs> and that's so much of all of this is taking that down and helping people see that parenting also in general is not a binary. There's no right and wrong way, right or wrong way to parent a human. Number one, we're all coming from a unique set of circumstances, life experiences, cultural, ethnic, and otherwise background. And number two, we have our different humans who have their specific needs. Yes. 
And so we often in a learn with less group will touch upon those challenges and also wins of what's going on with families. And in that time, that sort of sharing time, it's a wonderful opportunity for families to share like what is going on with them, what they're challenged by. But of course, as you know, we talk so much about how this is not the time for you to give the prescription of, oh, well, here's how you can solve that problem right? Which I think a lot of us as the helpers of society, right? Early childhood educators, developmental therapists, we want to help. We want to solve the problem. We want to get that child to the next milestone, right? But in this case, it's it's so much more about creating a, a space where people can feel seen and heard. And I wonder, Jezre, if you could talk a little bit about that in terms of what it is that you're creating and why that's valuable. Oh my gosh, yes. Many of the people that I met last weekend were those who have moved to Texas recently and are essentially rebuilding their communities, their villages. And that can be so challenging. And some people talked about how isolating it can be. And that's part of my purpose Mm -hmm. is to create these communities of support, especially for those who are feeling isolated by especially first time early parenting. Yeah, I am here to create space for whoever it is that you want to show up as today. I'm here to simply listen. One thing that I like to often start conversations with is, okay, I need to know, do you need me to listen or do you need solutions or do you need both? Right. Because then that sets my mindset into the space of like, okay, I'm going to be totally clued in. And so one of the pieces of feedback that I receive quite often is that people often feel visible and heard by me. So I'm using, I'm hoping to really use that gift in the community while I'm serving them in that way. So building community, allowing space for parents and caregivers to feel like it's okay to make mistakes. You're not going to show up as your best self every day. There are going to be things that are challenging and I want to be that sounding board for you Mm -hmm. and to just help you feel okay with that. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks. I think for all our listeners here right now, like it's, I mean, if someone were there to do that for me when I was, when I was a brand new parent, that would have been really nice. Right. And also that's for me also why I started leading these classes, because I wanted a place to be able to do that for myself and for others. And I, I knew the value of that for myself. And I knew how much I got out of creating a space for people. And I just want to come back to what you said about that instead of immediately jumping in to solve a problem, that that pause of asking a person, and this is so true in all areas of life, and it's very, it can be very hard for people to do it, is actually that moment of empathy, right? Where you're asking someone what support looks like for them in that moment. What would you like from me right now? And a lot of what you're doing in this season of life with families is creating that space, holding that space and creating a place for families to let someone know what they need and be asked because we also know that in early parenthood that that doesn't happen very often actually (laughs) right like that there's not a whole lot of you're giving 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 to this tiny human and whether or not you have a co-parenting partner it can be really hard many people I will say don't have who is asking them what they need right because 
often when we're sleep deprived or we're overwhelmed, the, there's an immediate go-to, right? There's that switch of without that pause of the other person who's trying to provide support often goes right into trying to solve the problem. And all of this is not to say that there isn't a problem that we solve within a learn with less class, right? Of course, what we're doing, and actually I'd love to to hear what you would define that as, right? What what is it that we are doing if we're not solving solving all the problems of early parenthood? Why do people come to, to your classes to learn with less classes? What is it that they get out of it other than having a space to come to where they can feel seen and heard and held? Because just that is super valuable to people. But there's a lot more, right? And so what what else is it that you're doing for families, Desiree? I, I'm going to go back to that to that sense of community that you're building, especially when we have Learn With Us facilitators that offer a series of classes, right? That you're going to see these consistent faces over a certain amount of time and you will more than likely exchange phone numbers with somebody, right? So that's another connection that you've made locally. And I think that was the, that was the other thing that drew me in. I yell it, I'll bring it back is the fact that you're encouraging us to be in our local communities. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it makes it easier for parents and caregivers to make those local connections. And isn't that what we want, right? right. That when you are not in this space, when you are not in the space of empowered family collective with Desiree, that you are potentially connecting at the local park or the coffee shop when we are not all together. The other part is that we are holding our parents and caregivers and those children at the same time. When I think about traditional classes, like a a music class, for example, it is mostly geared towards the children. Mm -hmm. But yet we incorporate our parents and caregivers by engaging in the conversation of, hey, what are your roses and thorns this week? Mm -hmm. I want to hear from you very intentionally about what you are excited about and what was challenging this week. So there's that layer, again, of visibility for the adults that helped bring the children to this space. And so I have goosebumps. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's powerful stuff. And then, of course, without failing to mention the entire developmental enrichment piece of it, right? There's that. So I want to hear about that, too, for sure. That part I get really excited about. I am a child development nerd. I really enjoyed the classes that I took both in undergrad and graduate school. And so I really appreciate being able to talk about that with families because, one, we talked about this, time is a very precious yet scarce resource. We no longer potentially have the time to read the 100-page book about what to expect. And so allow me to be your personal, oh my gosh, what was it back in the day? They were yellow. If you wanted to read a book, allow me to be your personal Cliff's Notes. <laughs> yes around child development in particular, why is my kiddo waking up at 3 a.m. every morning? Or why is it that my child's appetite is very unpredictable, right? Well, oh, well, I've spent 16 years in a classroom. I've seen a variety of things. I have my own children to kind of add to the mix, right? Allow me to to maybe offer three or four possibilities. And if you want them, some solutions that you might try at home. 
so yes, the whole child development piece, and then of course the enrichment part, right, is how do we put these philosophies into practice, but in a way that's not scary, very approachable, mm -hmm. again, using the things that we already have at home. And I think that's where the simplicity comes in is again, I'm not asking you to go out and buy all these things, everything that you need to create an engaging environment for your child is already in your home. Yes. Whatever kind of home you live in, whether it's big or small. Yes. Whether you have ample storage or none at all. Yeah. Okay. So Desiree, you've acknowledged that your business is called Empowered Family Collective. So I'd love to hear what it is, if you can speak specifically to what it is you're empowering families to do. Yes. The seeds were planted during the pandemic, and I had a number of families that had been part of my program, my early childhood program when I was teaching, reach out to me because we were still connected because they just weren't sure how to navigate the pandemic. We were all homeschooling, et cetera, et cetera. And I had done this with a number of families and I thought, I feel like I'm kind of good at this and I still got it. So there's something there. And that led me to the proposition for myself, like, okay, so if you're going to do this, what is it that you're trying to do here, Desiree, right? And the word empowerment kept coming up because what I was finding is these families that were coming coming to me just seemed disempowered and potentially because they were so flippant tired, yeah. right? So I am here to help you step into that empowerment that still exists. It may be dormant right now and to potentially connect you with the resources, our local resources that can help you get to the next step. And I think the empowerment piece also comes in to play when I am listening, I'm actively listening to these parents and caregivers, and I'm actually reflecting back what I'm hearing and or validating what I'm hearing and what they're experiencing and feeling. And I think that when you are truly heard, when you feel like you're heard and you're visible, that you actually realize that, oh, she's in there still. And I am going to make it through this season. It may not feel like it today but I'm going to. Mm -hmm. So multiple conversations, right, with these families over time. None of these things were fixed overnight, not not even fixed. I don't like to use the word fixed. It took time to address what was happening for them. Some mm -hmm. of them are still ongoing, but it, it was really helpful to have someone that they trusted, someone that had been in the classroom for a number of years and, and had sort of the educational background to help them figure out what might be happening and what next steps were. Sometimes you just need someone to say, what if you tried this? Like here are three options and here is where you might potentially go for that support. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think it's so important to, to really get to the core of what motivates us as business owners, as parents, as women, as humans, and really understanding what the values are that guide our choices in making decisions, right? Because that when we move back into those values, whether those are the of the company that you're building, or the way you are parenting, actually stating those out loud, writing them down somewhere, having that set of belief systems to guide you really helps. So of course, empowering families is one one thing for you, but I'd love to hear if you're willing to share, Desiree, a, a few of the other values that are really guiding you. Yes. I all of a sudden had this vision of when I had engaged in the rocks, pebbles, sand, you can actually Google this yes. framework around how to 
identify what your rocks are. When you put all of those together, the rocks are the ones that take up the most space in the physical vessel that you put them in. And those actually, for me, translated into my values. And my values, my my very first one actually is my family. The other one was my career. Mm-hmm. The other one is also my wellness. And I have two more, but they they slip my mind at the moment. And so I use those values for myself. They help me make decisions. Mm. I use this very same sort of provocation invitation, if you will, for families that have needed help to say, I don't know which school to send my child to. Mm. And my response is sometimes they'd come in with like piles of printed articles around data, just data, right? Yeah. And that's how they thought. And so I would take them along a different path, sometimes yeah. an uncomfortable path and I'd say, well, what are your values as a parenting unit? What are your values as a family? And if you haven't established them, here is a way that you can. We actually have our values as a family posted in a common space very clearly so that we can go back to them when we have hard conversations. Mm. And so when I think about, just to bring it full circle, when I think about my full-time job, writing this new chapter around starting my business, Empowered Family Collective, I kept my family at the forefront. Like, how is this going to impact them? And what ways can I include them in this in this chapter, which my daughter made her own name tag and she had her name, her age, and on the top it said employee. She laminated it. <laughs> and so that's just an easy example, if you will, of how I have used my values to inform this chapter of mine and the way in which I think about how I'm I'm actually executing the vision that I have for myself. Mm-hmm. What I do as a parent educator, I prefer to call myself a parent partner, is rooted in family. Whatever, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like. I wish there was a different term that we could use. So I'm going to figure that out. Well, let's talk about that, actually, because I do find myself using the, the word parent education so often. Mm-hmm. But I think it's so useful to explore what does that mean? How else can we say that? What are we actually referring to when we're talking about parent education? For you, what would you say in terms of like why you prefer the the parent partner instead of parent educator? piece. What does that bring up for you? What what resonates there? It brings up sort of a division of power for yes. some reason. Yeah. And so when I think of partner, you and I are side by side, potentially linked in arms if you want to. Mm-hmm. The other word that I love using is Sherpa. Mm-hmm. We're on this journey together. Allow me to utilize the information and experience that I've gathered over time to to help you and inform you as you go through this experience that that you've never gone through before. Mm -hmm. And working with you, working with a number of the educators that I've worked with in the past, Mm -hmm. I've just learned to really value belonging. Yeah. Not just inclusion, belonging. And so I have learned to use y'all more. Hey, everyone. And then so much of what I post has slashes, right? It's like parent slash caregiver slash et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Because I know. I, and I, I, I say that out loud because it's like, I just want people to feel like they belong in this space. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's it. I'm trying to cultivate a sense of belonging. Yeah, I know that the learn with less framework allows us to do that. And that is so clear in your value statement too. And I I think I told you in the beginning that that really drew me to you. Your values are so clear. Mm. And that allows someone like me to say, hey, my values actually line up with Ayelet's and this framework that Mm -hmm. she has created. So the decision was was so clear. I'm in. Yeah. 
I love that. Thank you for sharing that, Des. Mm-hmm. The piece that I wanted to really tease out of there is in terms of the belonging piece and how that relates to how we talk about things that learn with less and to really emphasize about what you said in terms of those slashes and the partner piece is how we speak about our role as facilitators of a space or guides versus a leader, a class leader, a teacher, an expert, right? And that what you said there in terms of let me guide you through a process. Let me move you through an understanding. Let me give you the cliff notes, right? Let me like break it down into bite-sized manageable pieces of information that you can utilize right now to understand how to build the connection between you and your child in a way that feels natural to you and also how to really feel confident that you are doing all of the things that you need to be doing, quote unquote, need to be doing, right? In terms of supporting their learning and development and all those areas of learning in terms of cognitive development and communication development and motor and sensory development and social and emotional development, right? Because we go through all of those things with in the different classes that we hold. And we have a very clear breakdown of ways in which we address all of those areas of learning. So I'm curious, does what for you stands out in terms of the actual curriculum and the way that it's broken down for families? Like, how does it allow you to do the job of empowering families to feel confident? How does it facilitate for you a process of transition in that way that you've said is so important? Well, one of the more powerful pieces around what we do is we're basically equipping our parents and our caregivers with information that is so powerful. It's a game changer often, right? But again, in a way that is bite-sized and is just so easily understandable. So we're equipping this community with knowledge that is going to help them in their home when we're not with them. And two, helping our parents, caregivers, families, units understand and see the value around play. Natural play, let them play. It comes back to what we were talking about earlier in terms of just like that pause instead of providing an answer or a direction or a solution. It's also letting providing that model for families that you're doing also provides them to do that and step back and watch what their child is doing, what their child is interested in, so that then they can respond and support and clue in and provide the the words or the tools for their child to do the play, to, to actually do the learning, and then for them to create that environment around the child that facilitates even a deeper level of it through the interaction. Yes. The other part is the playfulness that the adults are encouraged to engage in. So parenthood is hard, but it doesn't always have to be that it is okay. It is encouraged to bring in playfulness. And I'll give you an example. My kids don't like to brush their teeth. So guess what mama does? I go in there, I make up a silly song. It may not be in tune and I'm actually brushing my teeth with them. Maybe took five minutes of my day. Sure. I could have been washing the dishes. I could have been doing other things, but making those intentional choices around being playful myself Mm -hmm. has helped me many times over. Mm -hmm. So we're modeling that, right? That that's okay. Two, 
two, the practicality of what we are sharing, that again, you do not have to come to this space that we are in together once every few weeks. You can do this in your home. And that's the idea. Yeah. The practicality. All right, Desiree, with our very short remaining time, I would love to ask you about the intentional building that you're doing, like the building of what you're creating and how you've gone about that, because you've been very intentional about really being interpersonal, more one-on-one interactions and reaching out to your existing community and the people who you know and who can help to facilitate connections for you. And now you've also stepped into to some additional sort of marketing type adventures. So I would love to just hear very briefly about what that's been like for you, that that process of stepping into actually letting other people know about what you're doing here. Yes. When I knew that I was going to write this chapter, I knew that I needed to be very intentional and slow about it because as I've gotten older and as I've peeled back my childhood, mamahood, adulthood, I have learned that I am one, an introvert, and two, that slow and easy is my pace. I am happily going to hang out in the slow lane, like let me be, mm-hmm. right? So honoring me has become very, very important and is also one of my values. And so I don't like to make mistakes. And so going slow allows me to avoid as many of them as possible. I did make mistakes along the way, but they were mistakes that I felt like I learned a lot from, right? Some of the things that I had done were sort of out of order, if you will, uh, in regards to setting up an LLC, for example. And my time also led me, my, my own sort of resource, like my time really led that, right? You know, I work full time, kiddos are with me. And so when is it that I can earmark some uninterrupted time to doing this and looking at this more closely? And so a lot of it was just like having that internal banter with myself. I call her the negative roommate. She tells me sometimes that I'm not good enough. You're not going fast enough. What is it that you're doing? And so I say to her, I hear you. And it's not true, right? So I try to combat those messages. And so, you know, with that, I just, I try to make very intentional choices. Yeah. Intentionality is the key. It's okay to go slow because ultimately I want to be proud of what it is that I'm doing. And that stands true today. And what a perfect place to land. (laughs) Yes. Desiree, thank you so, so much for your time today. We will be linking to all of your beautiful links, but just for all the folks at home who are listening, will you let them know where they can find you? Yes. On Instagram, you can find me at Empowered Family Collective, all one word. And the same thing for my website, empoweredfamilycollective.com. Awesome. Cannot wait to send people your way. Thank Thank you you so much for your time and energy today, Des. Thank you for having me again. You and I could talk for hours. And so this just felt so natural and so good. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye, all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, Ayala. Goodbye to Desiree. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts. 
being here together. Thank you so much, everyone. The Learn With Less podcast brings you information, tips, and resources about all things early parenthood and early childhood. If you haven't yet done so, please do leave a review of the Learn With Less podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. And after you've done that, go ahead and share Learn With Less with a friend or colleague. See you next time. Thank you.